0: Country music and football may not at first seem to have much in common, but look again. Country singers wear hats. Football players wear helmets. Country bands have a lead singer. Football teams have a quarterback. Country music tackles tough subject matter. Football players, well, they just tackle. Football teams play in jerseys. Country singers play in New Jersey, sometimes. These aren't my words. These words were written by Neil Pond of Country America Magazine for the liner notes of today's album. And the connection between the NFL and country music existed long before 1996. The midnight train is whining low. I'm so long. Pittsburgh Steelers Hall of Fame quarterback Terry Bradshaw released an entire country album called I'm So Lonely I Could Cry back in 1976. The title track was even released as a single, and it was a top 20 hit on the country charts. I covered this album way back on episode 8 if you want to hear the story behind that. For years, country music was mainly heard on rural AM radio stations. But that would change in the 1980s when there was a significant expansion of FM radio. AM radio was mostly becoming talk radio, so the FM expansion was particularly helpful to country music as it made its switch from AM to FM. It found a much larger audience. And in 1989, country music would see an unprecedented commercial boom, kick-started by an up-and-coming 27-year-old country artist. Our lives better live to change. Miss the pain but I'd have had to miss the days. Garth Brooks released his self-titled debut album on April 12, nineteen eighty-nine. It peaked at number two on the Billboard Top Country Albums chart, but it also went all the way to number thirteen on the Billboard 200. When Brooks released his third album, Rope in the Wind in 1991. It debuted at number one on not just the country charts, but also on the Billboard 200. It was a first for a country artist. Country music became a worldwide phenomenon. Brooks' success helped other country artists like Clint Black, Travis Tritt, Tim McGraw, and Alan Jackson find massive success. Got a little crazy, but we never got caught Down by the river Now let's circle back to 1989 for a minute. Back in August of that year, the Rolling Stones had released Steel Wheels, their 19th studio album. It was being heralded as the band's big comeback. And it was a hit, hitting the top 10 in 14 different countries. It also featured the single Rockin' a Hard Place, which, at the time of this recording, was the band's last top 40 U.S. hit. They began the Steel Wheels tour at the end of August. It was the biggest and longest tour of their careers at that point. Their Atlantic City show on December 19th would also be broadcast on pay-per-view. The special which was under the name Terrifying, was considered to be a test of the viability of live concerts on pay-per-view. Up until that point, events like pro wrestling and boxing had fared much better than concerts on pay-per-view. But Terrifying would end up being the first successful pay-per-view concert. One of the people who played a significant role in its success was then-president and CEO of Billboard Entertainment, Rick Garson. Garson developed and produced all media promotions for the special. One year later, Garson was a part of the launch of the NFL on TNT. Starting back in 1987, the NFL occasionally held games on Sunday night. But with their contract with the TNT network, they expanded the Sunday night games to happen weekly. Garson would start his own company in 1995, Garson Entertainment. Having a relationship with the NFL already, Garson had come up with a concept of combining football with the mainstream popularity of modern country music. So, in 1996, NFL Country was released on Gridiron and Castle Records. Each song on the album would combine a country music artist with an NFL player. The album begins with Born With It, performed by Steve Azar and Brett Favre. What the hell is Brett Favre doing here? Steve Azar, who also produced the song, had released his debut album Heartbreak Town earlier that same year. Also this same year, Brett Favre would end up leading the Green Bay Packers to an NFL championship after defeating the New York Patriots in Super Bowl XXXI. The song also features piano from Johnny Neal, a member of both the Dickie Betts Band and the Allman Brothers Band. She loves slow hands, fast cars, long black limousines. She's love eyes and Levi's that fit like a glove. Makes your heart want to stop and fall in love. She's born. Up next is two pair of Levi's and a pair of Justin boots, performed by Toby Keith and Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman was fresh off a Super Bowl victory from the 1995 season, and the Cowboys became the first team in NFL history to win three Super Bowls in four years. Country music star Toby Keith was relatively new on the country scene at this point, and he was still years away from opening his chain of restaurants, Toby Keith's I Love This Bar and Grill. Gives me a place to go... Hang and my friends when they're in town playing music and stuff. They swing by wrestlers and sports guys that I know and other musicians and artists all come to my bars and and, uh, gives them, we always got a VIP place upstairs. It's got great country food, fried bologna sandwich. What more do you want, Dino? (laughs) (laughs) Two pair of Levi's and a pair of Justin boots was written by country musician and actor Red Stiegel. And the song also appeared on his 1996 album, The Cowboy Code. By the way, before becoming a successful country artist, Toby Keith played defensive end for the Oklahoma City Drillers, who were an unofficial farm team for the Oklahoma Outlaws from the short-lived United States Football League. Now me and Troy Aikman, we left Dallas yesterday, we were hauling my old Appaloosa home. By the time we reached my cattle guard, it was plain to see, everything I had at home was gone. She didn't leave a note for you Saying where she's gone She ain't coming back She closed all the gates After several years out on the road She finally turned you out I guess that she's had all that she could take Up next is Four Scores and Seven Beers Ago by Doug Supernaw and Herschel Walker. Doug Supernaw was relatively new on the country scene at this point, but he had a number one hit under his belt with 1993's I Don't Call Him Daddy. Herschel Walker was a Heisman Trophy-winning running back who at the time was playing his second stint with the Dallas Cowboys in what would be his second-to-last season before he retired. The drummer on this song was Craig Krampf who not only appeared on Bizarre Albums before playing drums on the Richard Simmons album, but he was also the co-writer of Steve Perry's 1984 hit, Oh Sherry. Should've been gone. In 2012, Doug Supernaw's son, Philip Supernaw, would sign with the Houston Texans and would play several seasons in the NFL, also playing for the Ravens, Chiefs, and Titans. Three touchdowns and a field goal The home team's tired. So I'll just sleep in my truck. There's no need of leaving now. Cause she won't let me in. But I know come this Monday night, I'll be back in here again. Too Hip for the Room is credited to Jamie Warren with Chris Moore and Steve Tasker. Jamie Warren had released his debut album earlier in 1996, and had a top 10 hit with one step back. Chris Moore and Steve Tasker were teammates on the Buffalo Bills. And though he was a professional football player, a punter to be exact, Chris Moore, along with Casey Bethard, who, by the way, is father of current Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback C.J. Bethard, co-wrote I See Me for country music singer Travis Tritt who took the song to number 32 on the U.S. Hot Country Songs chart in 2005. I said, I'm the exception to the rule No ordinary honky-tonk I understand you're mystified I'm so hot, I'm cool I'm a little too fast and a little too loud A little too young and a little too proud This rhinestone nevels Just too here for the rune I I mentioned him earlier. Pittsburgh Steelers legend Terry Bradshaw gets another shot at country music, this time teaming up with legendary musician Glenn Campbell for a version of You Never Know Just How Good You've Got It, which had originally appeared on Tracy Byrd's 1994 album, No Ordinary Man. But look at me now, all my women's left town. Hard to come by. Yes, confess, my life's a big mess. I'm so low, I could lay down and die. Well, you never know just how good you got it, to you? Ain't got it no more. You never know just how high your blind. The Boys Are Back in Town was originally performed by the Bus Boys back in 1982 notably appearing in the Eddie Murphy-Nick Nolte film 48 Hours. Here, country music star Neil McCoy teams up with coach Joe Avazzano to cover the song. Avazzano is a bit of an outlier on this album. He's the only coach that appears here. And he wasn't even a head coach. He was the special teams coach for the Dallas Cowboys. The song was produced by legendary Muscle Shoals keyboardist Barry Beckett. Over the years, Beckett has recorded with artists like Leonard Skinner, Bob Dylan, Paul Simon, Rod Stewart, Boz Skaggs, Dire Straits, and Fish. You should grab your favorite lady pass her to the right. So Bob got to jump like give me a shot of good food. So we can party to some storm down, butt bump, and rock and roll. Outlaw Country pioneer and Dukes of Hazard narrator Waylon Jennings wrote and performed the song The Good Old Dallas Cowboys. Troy Aikman and coach Joe Avazzano are back for this one, as well as Cowboys teammates Bill Bates, Dale Hellestray, and Mark Tuenay. Waylon Jennings also served as the song's producer. Ever seen Abilene Round Rock? Ever found looking that's what it's all about. Football at its best. We love the good Dallas Cowboys. Best of the good times that we ever had. We the album closes with Boogie Back to Texas. It's performed by the band Asleep at the Wheel alongside then-New York Giants cornerback Jason Seahorn. The song was written and produced by a sleep-at-the-wheel frontman, Ray Benton. Hey Jason, come in here now! NFL Country was released on both CD and cassette. It actually spent two weeks on the charts, peaking at number sixty-six on the Billboard Top Country Albums chart. It is not currently streaming. On the same day that NFL Country was released, another album, which was also the brainchild of Rick Garson, would be released as well. The concept for this was the same, except instead of combining NFL players with country artists, they teamed up with hip-hop artists for NFL jams. But that is for another time.